bitch every day with this love inspiration and hit Look like I'm dressed for a hype, but I really look like I'm in Paris and shit yeah. Look like I'm dressed for a camp, cause I'm pitching a bat like I'm pitching a tent yeah. Say no fucking hopes and dreams, prophecies Party sleeve, papers in the coffee bean Roman numerals, niggas born of Ivy League clothes Double D's exposed, throw some beans Oh, 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 God. <laughs> greetings, greetings, you guys. Welcome back to Awkward Kids, the podcast. I am your host, Operator 16. Man, we have not talked in a few months. Um, First of all, I want to say good morning to you guys all around the world who are listening to this. Um, Never meant to leave you hanging like that, but you know, life happens and situations happen and you're not able to sit down and fully commit the time and the energy needed to like make something grow and make something good and make something passionate. And that's kind of where I was. Um, My dad um, unfortunately had a major health setback and that one took up all my time and all my energy. Like I had no time or energy to, um, um, I had like no time or energy to like do anything outside of just kind of take care of that. Also, I just didn't have the proper setup to kind of like do a podcast and I could do it off my phone, but it wasn't sounding great and it was hard to edit and put together in the pieces that I wanted. So I decided to just kind of wait until I, and, 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 until I was back in a better, um, better place to do a podcast and a better place to kind of give you guys what I wanted to, but we're back. Um, so please excuse me for, for my absence, for dealing with, with, with life. Plus, um, you guys know I'm also an artist. I'm not just a podcaster. So that takes up an equal amount of my time doing, you know, between my life as an artist, my personal life, um, as a regular person and taking care of all my responsibilities as an adult. That is one thing. Plus, um, I guess you could say I'm I'm affiliated with with the indie label who helps me, you know, do a lot of this stuff now. So um, so while I've slowed down with like putting out music, I have not slowed down with the creation of of music. I'm working on a lot of different things right now, a lot of different sounds. Um, Excuse me. A lot of different sounds, not boxing myself into a certain category, not boxing myself in to a certain genre of music. We're just going in there. Uh, me and my new producer, he's pretty cool. Uh, make sure you check him out on SoundCloud, John C. Um, he will be coming to all major platforms on Halloween day. He's got an EP coming out. Make sure you look uh, be on the lookout for that. He's pretty dope. We got a lot of good stuff coming. So I've been in the lab working, creating on new sounds and trying to take my next stuff to like a, a better level because not that my older music wasn't good, but I see that if I had had some better people around me to kind of help me craft this this dream a little better i probably would even be even further along than like where i am so right now it's about just getting it right making sure we put the pieces together to give you guys the highest quality of music that we can give you so i'm not giving myself like a timetable or a rush to put anything out if it happens in the next couple months um cool if it doesn't i'm not worried about it i know when 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 we get a record that we both uh, me and my producer feel confident enough that is a one solid, like no, no bullshit. We would definitely give you guys more, but until then, um, thank you guys for all support this year. I think, you know, we just crossed like 200,000 streams on Spotify. So that's crazy. Um, 
And so I'm just kind of happy where everything's going. Just, just I just want to make sure that I keep it all going, which is why I'm back in the podcast game. So make sure you guys check me out on all major streaming platforms. If you haven't, Operator 16. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else is new in my life? Um, well, I'm going to be uncle again for, 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 uh, for the second time. Found that out. I think I haven't talked about that since, since the last time we sat down. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like my entire life got better when I became an uncle for the first time. So for you, for those who don't know, I spent three years in Alaska. Um, I, tell, I, I tell people all the time, I'm no special person. I'm just a kid who everyone wants to run away from home at some point in their life, or most people do want to run away from home at some point in their life, and they want to get into living a different life somewhere that no one knows anything about them. I'm just the person that actually did it. Like, you know, that's pretty much what the story boils down to. So when I moved home from Alaska, be, be, because I was going to be an uncle for the first time is when I started taking music seriously, is when I started taking my life seriously, trying to put together what I wanted to do outside of working bullshit nine to fives. So I'm very happy that, 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 that we are to a point now where everything's getting going. Um, even though I have not been on the podcast game as much, um, thank you to all the people around the world who have listened to my podcast in Australia and in the country of Georgia and India and um, Kenya. And I've seen like, I've seen the, the list that we've reached and it's, and it's crazy, but, but you know, it's, um, it's wild. Like I, I love it. Um, I love what I do. I, I really do guys. So thank you for everything. Uh, and before we dive into everything, guys, y'all know what I say. Y'all know how we get down. Y'all know how we do it. No, no matter where you are in the world, please stop for a second and say it with me. Mental health is wealth, guys. Please, please, please always take care of your mental health. You are no good to anyone if you do not take care of yourself, if you do not love yourself, if you do not take the the, the, the time to nurture yourself. And I do believe in that very, very wholeheartedly. Um, I recently gave a speech um, in, in Tennessee about suicide sur- survival and and how like a lot of times in, in black families growing up, at least when I was growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, um, mental health was, was not talked about like that. And, 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 black families, you were told to pray things away and not kind of worry about them. And, and so I just kind of want to break that trend, not saying that praying doesn't work, but sometimes just, just, just praying and asking God for help doesn't help a lot of people. You, 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 they need that extra push to kind of help them, help them, um, get better. And that's kind of what I want to do. And, that's one of the reasons why I take this stuff so seriously um, is because I, I, I want everyone to understand that I'm, you know, a very big advocate of that. So always take care of yourself, guys. That's another reason why I'm not here as much sometimes as I would want to, because I refuse to come up here and like sit and like act like I'm happier, act like I want to be here if, if 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 I know that my mental health is suffering because I know you guys hear it and, and I hear it when I listen back to the episodes. So that's why I don't. I'm not here if if I truly and honestly don't want to be here. But since my life's going a little better and, and I'm back in a position to kind of give you guys quality content back in the podcast game, um, I'm thinking I like Sundays better be, be because of my scheduling and how I work. I could probably um, give you guys a consistent podcast like every Sunday morning. So I like that. That might be our new upload schedule. Definitely, but between Sundays and Mondays, because I'm actually, you know, just off on Mondays naturally. So with that, let's go dive right into the topics. Huge week. Huge week for me personally, because as you guys know, um, I, I balance being a K-pop stan 
and a rapper, which is a totally u- u- unique lane. Um, I call it like the, the 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 little Nas X lane because if you don't know, Lil Nas X was a huge um, stand page on Twitter. Like he was a huge Nicki Minaj stand page before he got famous. Now it's kind of what like almost like spring vaulted him a lot at the beginning because he had like 70,000 followers. When you have that many followers, at least 5% are guaranteed to listen to something if you're constantly active. So kind of like that. Um, I'm, I'm not big on Stan Twitter, but I am big on uh, TikTok. I actually have almost 12,000 TikTok followers. So shout out to my TikTok gang. Got gang. Uh, love y'all. But yeah, so um, lately, like balancing the the K-pop stand side of me and the hip-hop artist side of me has been very interesting because if you know anything about stand life, it takes up 24-7. Like there's always something to buy and read and do and and be involved in. So sometimes I have trouble balancing that. But I say all that to to, to say that recently the two have kind of like merged because one, um, there's a K-pop group and, and they're brand new and their marketing tactics have really been like called out by a lot of people in the industry. It's been a lot of articles about it, even the Joe Budden podcast, which I know I'm a huge Joe Budden podcast fan. Shout out to the JPP. Um, um, yeah, so basically this K-pop group has came under fire for something that Nicki Minaj got mad at Travis Scott for. And, and we'll get into to, to, to that in a second. But before, I, before we get into that, I just want to say like managing all of that is crazy, but I study K-pop because these people are marketing geniuses and consistently find ways to get their audience to to pay for anything. So I feel like all hip-hop artists or just American artists in general should be studying K-pop on how they build brands, how they constantly push products, how music is like literally like the smallest part of what they do in that industry. And that's why I study it so much. Like for instance, like BTS is the most successful act in the world that debuted after two, 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 2012, period, period. You hear what I said? From anyone that has debuted from 2012 and later, BTS is the most successful worldwide, period. And I guarantee you, one out of five people listening to this right now have no idea who they are, still. So that, that tells you something. That's why I studied this. But anyway, let's, let's go ahead and get into it. So basically, there's this new K-pop group called Super It. Right. And basically what they did was they took the 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 most popular members in some of the biggest groups outside of BTS, because everyone knows BTS is the most popular group in K-pop and that one. And they will never take one member out to put them in another group. But they took very popular members from from other groups and and put them in the middle of the super group, pun intended. And and so. um, Excuse me. Lost my train of thought. And so basically, they put them in this big group and they link up with, with Capitol Records. By the way, guys, um, these labels nowadays, they're going to go grab K-pop acts and sign them to a big American record labels. Capitol, RCA, uh, just name a couple I know for a fact have recently inked deals with major up-and-coming um um, K-pop stars. So you should understand like this is going to come and, and you're going to see them more and more. So that, that's why I teach you guys about this stuff. So you understand when you hear these K-pop stars taking over your radio and your music TV, it's not from anywhere. Like It's been coming for, for a while. 
But anyway, so they link up with their American label and they come up with like the craziest scheme to get a, a number one album. If, 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 if you guys don't know, there's a huge issue in this industry called bundling. Basically, what that means is let's say you guys all want to come to an Opera 16 show. Well, let's say I'm I'm selling like Opera 16 merch, right? Just something of that nature. And let's say um, I'm putting out an, an, an EP. Like I'm putting out, e- I'm probably gonna put out an EP this this fall called One Night in the 907. Like between this fall and early next year. So let's say I was selling merchandise with that EP. Like, and if you bought a shirt that had something to do with the EP, and I just so happened to to give you a free download of the EP with the shirt, that counts as an album sale. Even though you didn't buy the album, you bought something affiliated with the album, so it counts as an album sale as, as long as I bundle it with the album. And all right, podcasting, you're going to hear sounds. That was my speaker turning off. Thank you. Anyway, I say that just to say that these people put together 60 different type of bundles for their fans to buy. 60 different kind of bundles. I've never seen someone put so much effort into making sure they manufacture a number one record. They had a number one album over Summer Walker. And Summer Walker's album was the highest streamed R&B album of all time first week. Beating Beyonce's Lemonade. And these Super M guys still came in and beat that. Mind you, just to put it into perspective... In, in order to beat Beyonce's streaming record for like Lemonade first week, you're talking about you're 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 probably easily doing 150 to 200 million streams first week, easily. Yet these guys only had 4.5 million streams and and, and managed to crack a number one album. <laughs> Do you see why people get upset at this BS? Because it is literally cheating your way to the top. How can you have a number one record in America, but yet have no song on the Hot 100? Like, usually, if you have a number one album in America, you usually have at least one song on the Hot 100. These guys have no song even close to the Hot 100. And even on the bubbling under Hot 100 chart, it's it's not incredibly high. So, sure, they debuted at number one, and they did all of this, guys. But out of their, quote-unquote, over 100,000 sales, guys, like, like maybe like 50,000 of that actually counts from like pure album sales. And and most of those album sales are, are from bundling. So there's a huge controversy at, at, as to where these guys got these sales from. Um, there's been a lot of rumors going around that a lot of these sales count some kind of loophole way from like Korea and overseas. And I don't understand it at all. Like I understand it more than you guys do because I'm kind of in this industry and I'm going to study it. But even I don't fully understand like how these guys were able to kind of come in here and first project ever, week one, outdo everyone, yet yet you only did 4.5 million streams, yet somehow landed a number one album big big because of bundling. And and so talking to my music industry friends this this week, like we laugh at this stuff. It is really laughable to see how much these people will go to just to say, hey, I have a number one album. 
it doesn't matter how you got there, as long as you have a quote unquote number one album. And and uh, and these labels don't care because they just want the res- results. But I'm telling you, I have seen a lot of major publications talk about this. I've seen a lot of major outlets talk about it. It's not respected in this industry as much anymore. It's very much like a slap in the face to people like Summer Walker who who don't have to put together 60 bundles and, 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 and in order to get people to listen. And there's nothing wrong with bundling, guys. It can actually help you. But when you're doing so much to, to like to like make yourself look bigger than what you are, I believe that's a problem. So we'll see what Super M does next, um, or you know, or, or how they move around this current controversy. Because like I said, it's not just the the K-pop side of the industry. A lot of big media outlets in this industry, a lot of you know, artists in the industry, see what they're they're doing. Like I said, even the Joe Budden podcast, like opened up their podcast making jokes about it. So it lets you know like people see it. They 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 see through the the DBS of it. It won't last too long because I'm pretty sure of excuse me. I'm pretty sure eventually they're just going to outdo bundles and they're going to outdo allowing that to count as album sales. Which they should. Stupid. Moving right along, though. Frankie, baby. Frankie. Frank Ocean is back, ladies and gentlemen. As you all know, um, outside of being a K-pop stan, I am a huge Frank Ocean stan as well. I love Frank Ocean. Um, I always say three artists inspired me to write the most. Frank Ocean, Black, and... um, XXX Ten Tashion Long Live Jaw, by the way. So I always get I was listening to Frank like all the time. But to be honest, I hadn't listened to Frank in like I'm heavily in I'm in a while just because I didn't want to fall into the, the 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 channel orange trap where I was listening to Frank just over and over again praying for a new record. Like I, I saw Frank had been moving. I had heard some rumors, you know, I saw Frank had been working with like Playboy Cardi and, you know, he had been in the studio a lot recently, but, but, you, you know, artists like Frank are always in the studio. They just don't put out music because they don't have to, because it's, it's, it's not their main source of income. You can tell when Frank Ocean really started making money off music be, right after like Channel Orange, because that's when the music stopped coming as much. When, when music isn't your primary form of making money, you, you don't give a damn about putting it out. Ask Rihanna. Rihanna makes so much money off Fendi Beauty and everything else that she does. She doesn't need to make music. Like it's it's not a necessity anymore. I'm um, at the post when Frank was still coming up with Odd Future and and with Tyler and Earl and, and and those cats. Music was how how he primarily made money. So he had to constantly put it out or be involved in it. But anyway, um, you know, so Frank has this you know queer nightclub opening this week in New York City, which caused a huge uproar. Um, then after, you know, he, he, he does this one night only nightclub thing. He, um, he puts up two new singles on his website, which I love Frank, but you are tripping my nigga. If you thought I, I, I was going to pay $30 for one single, 60 plus for like both. And that's just for standard shipping. If I wanted quickly, it'd been like 80 plus for like both. So I was like, why is Frank just, just putting out this high, expensive ass music on vinyls like i saw he had two new singles coming for like vinyl purchase and i was like all right cool 
Um, but I knew I was like, Frank Ocean's just, just not going to give people a vinyl purchase because he knows like a lot of people won't buy that simply because they just don't want to spend that much money for a couple of songs. And then I saw yesterday that Blonded Radio came back and I was like, okay, we're definitely going to get something because if, if you follow Frank and you follow Blonded Radio, his, um, his, 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 his Apple Music um, radio show, you know that whenever it comes on, because it doesn't come on every week, it's kind of like whenever Frank wants to, you, you know that whenever it, a new episode drops that there's usually new Frank coming or, or, or there's some like new music on the way. So right on cue, like I think in the middle of um, Blondie Radio, Frank drops a new single, DHL, which I don't know what that means, but a lot of fans think that it, it's the first single off of an album based off the cover art, because at the bottom there there's like 13 like like silhouettes, and one of them is like highlighted, and that's the picture that we see as the cover art. So so like it makes you believe that there's some new project coming, which would be dope. But I I. I like the single. It's um, it's it's more in that, it's more in that um, blonded kind of bag where he mixes um, singing, and rapping with with, with like super me- m- melodic beats, and the way Frank you know tells stories. It's it's not like Frank doesn't go in there and write like a typical artist. When you listen to a Frank Ocean single, it is how can I explain it? It it's like watching Picasso paint and knowing that you'll never be able to do that. Like, I don't know how Frank comes up with these hooks and these melodies. And like, it seems like Frank just, just, just gets high and goes in a booth and freestyles some deep shit. And it just sounds dope. Like, cause listening back to, um, onto that record, it doesn't really have a structure. It doesn't have like a chorus or a bridge. It just seems like a really dope beat that someone's like freestyling over. For like three and a half minutes, but it's dope. Like it, 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 it sounds good. Um, it's, 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 it's going to sell probably decently well just because it's, it's Frank and he has a huge fan base. Um, I'm excited to, to see what comes next. Cause if you know, Frank, he probably just is not throwing out one single. Like there's probably a whole, you know, rollout plan for, for this. So that's, that's definitely good. Uh, I think the song's like 40th on us iTunes right now, which is pretty good. It's, it's just interesting to see how Frank Ocean moves in the era of streaming. In, in the era of streaming where, 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 where people tell, you know, us artists, like I'll let you guys in on a little secret behind the scenes music industry shit. A lot of people tell us in the era of streaming, like we have to put out music constantly. And we have to, you know, put out song after song after song to keep people going. And Frank just doesn't do that. Frank puts out when he wants to, how he wants to. He, he, he might give you two or three songs a year. And, and that's about it. Like Frank does not worry about streaming in the era of streaming. And I'm not saying that all of us can do that because we definitely can't. Not all of us can be Frank Ocean, but I do understand that the way he does it is just something to something to withhold, and it's something to get used to because I feel like that's what this music industry needs. Like I can't tell you how many people that I know that drop music like every two weeks. And, and, I, and I'm not saying it's not good music. I'm not saying that you won't get somewhere doing that, but I just don't want to have to drop 40 to 50 songs a year to get people listening. Like I just don't, sorry. Like I don't want to have to drop that much music. I'm going to try to drop like five or six dope records in a year and make sure those move out. I'm as opposed to like 25,000 records in a year. 
no shade to anyone because I know people listen to this and do everything. I'm I, I'm throwing shade. It's it's not. I just don't want to have to move like like that. You see me? So it's um it's you know it's just a little interesting to watch how people move in this industry. So shout out to Frank and the new music. Um, I I'm not going to get into the controversy surrounding his uh his Pulse nightclub uh one night only because I'm not. I'm not educated uh, enough about the controversy surrounding you. I'm just going to say that knowing Frank, he probably put a lot of effort in, um, into it. And I don't think Frank does anything just just for the marketing of it. Let me say that. So all y'all that, that's got something to say about how Frank did his nightclub and made that man issue that BS public statement. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all know how, how I feel about that. Seriously though, like Frank moves like nobody else. He 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 put out music when he wants to. He he takes long breaks as opposed to Gucci Man, who apparently takes no breaks. If you guys don't know, if you haven't heard, it came out the this week that I think since like two thousand five or something like that, which around the time Gucci came out, which which makes sense because I was in middle school around that time. So I know for a fact like Gucci Men came out or or really started to get hot right around like my my middle school days. Like I remember listening to Gucci Men in middle school. So Gucci has put out I think eighty six mixtapes and fifteen full studio albums in the last like fifteen years almost. That is insane, guys. Because you got to think about not only is that hundreds of songs re- re- released. Not every song that you record for those projects is going on the project. That's the crazy part. For you to release that many projects, right? That means that you literally like are are recording probably between like five to ten to fifteen tracks in a week. Like I'm not joking. Because for you to put out that much music, you 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 have to be able to like to basically narrow it down. For instance, like for this EP that I'm putting out, I'm trying to record at least like like 10 songs and hopefully pick like the three or four that actually sound good enough to like go on a project. See what I'm saying? That's the mindset that we go into creating with. This man, Gucci, it has to be recording hundreds and hundreds of songs and, and like pretty much putting them all out, which is fine, but... It makes me like wonder outside of his prison stints or, you know, the things that have, that, that have naturally set Gucci back. Does Gucci take breaks? Like, does Gucci man really take breaks? Because I don't think that man do. For you to put out that much constant music, that means you are re- recording 24-7. It it, 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 it it also lets you know, because as a app aforementioned Frank Ocean, also lets you know that music is still how Gucci man makes a lot of his money. Because think about it, why else would you put out that much music? Unless it was the way you were really, really eating from everything. And you know, I could be wrong. Gucci could could, you know, be eating very well from 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 things outside of music and he could just put out music for the sole purpose of liking to put out music. But it just goes against what people and artists of that level do. Like once you reach that Gucci man level, you, you don't have to put out music like that constantly over and over again. Yeah, Gucci always seems to do, and, and none of those projects sell overly well, but it seems like Gucci does it to keep his name out, out there. Whatever Gucci does, like Gucci just seems to 
to, 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 to take the complete opposite route of like a Frank Ocean who doesn't care to put out more than a couple songs a year. Gucci Mane might give you five, five mixtapes in one year. And, 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 and I'm pretty sure he has given us five in one year at one point. Don't quote me on it because I'm not factual. But I don't want people to understand like that is not a realistic way of doing business and music for like most of us. That is a isolated con- condition with someone who has the time, effort, and money to constantly be doing that. But that is a lot of work. That is a lot of hours and days constantly spent in studios away from family and friends and and a lot of life. And so does Gucci take breaks? I don't think so. And that is just, I don't know, man. I just don't know how I feel about someone putting out that much music constantly. Because I can't tell you half of the songs. Like, I, I know they're all decent songs, but I can't tell you half of the songs that Gucci's put out. Even this year, because most of them are, are are going to be quickly forgotten because he's put out so much music. But hey, how you get it? It's how you get it? I thought that was a really interesting point. I figured I'd just kind of talk about it because I was talking about Frank Ocean this this week, and that news also came out this this week. It's cool from to me to see how creators create. That's why I said it. Because Gucci gets a lot of respect for what he does, so I think it's cool to like dissect it. Um, someone who needs more respect for what they do is Wale. If if you guys don't know, Wale just just dropped his new album. Wow, that's crazy. And I've been a big Wale fan for a while. Um, he's got a few dope mixtapes, um, dope projects. The dope, the one the one album narrated by. Um, Sign the the Seinfeld guy is pretty dope. Um, the one, um, so yeah, so the one narrated by a Seinfeld guy is pretty dope. The one narrated by, sorry, not narrated. The one that's that the more about nothing mixtape. That's a really dope ass mixtape. Super dope mixtape. And so, um, I was thinking back about all of this, and I was just like. Why doesn't Wale get more respect for what he he does? Like, Wale was on a major. Um, I, I think he was actually was was on Interscope. Got dropped from from Interscope. Signs to MMG slash I think Atlantic. Gets dropped from Atlantic, I um, I believe, and has re-signed to a to another major in Warner Brothers. I I I believe. So while Wale clearly is like has the talent to be on a major label, I feel like be, because Wale has, has has never put himself in the category of a of what a rapper has been in the last five to ten years, I feel like that's why Wale is talented and people respect him, but he never actually sell sells the way you would expect a person in the caliber of Wale to sell. Now. If Wale was 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 independent doing the numbers I'm about to break down, this would would be a huge weak one, and that's why I'm trying to say why does Wale feel like he needs a major label? Is that be, be, because Wale feels like he's not respected enough in in in, in hip hop? Because here's the thing, Wale did about thirty five thousand sales week one on his new album. Wow, that's crazy, and while that's decent. For for someone on a major label with major label backing, a major label would would like to see just a little bit more than thirty five thousand because half of that 
is most likely from streaming anywhere. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like it's um, it's not like it's necessarily pure album sales most of that. And if and even at okay, let's say ten dollars a pop, thirty-five thousand albums, that's three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And you're thinking, okay, that's a lot of money. But you think about how much the producers cost, how much you know if he had anyone helping him write hooks. How, how much that costs mixing mastering the pro, pro, promotional budget behind it paying for the features on this project what you start breaking it down to like how much the, the you owe the the label and the people who had anything to do with this project majorly wise 35,000 streams you know sales doesn't seem so high because a, a, a lot of people have their their hand in that bag as opposed to if Wale was to do the same, the exact same number independently, this would be a huge success. So that 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 is what I'm saying. If Wale was to just be independent, like sign to an empire or something like like that, and continue to do the same thing, this would be huge, and, and he probably would have made double the money that he's going to make off, off this project. Like I'm tired of seeing Wale sign back to these majors and then not do as well as I guess the majors and he would like to do. Now, with that being said, Wale is going to debut in the top ten of Billboard's. It's going to be a a a a very you know a critically acclaimed album. I just feel like with people like NBA YoungBoy doing a hundred thousand and. And Jada the Youngin even doing like fifteen thousand. Like you expect Wale to do a little more than just thirty five at this point in his career. But at the same time, if he's happy with that and his label's happy with that, I don't know necessarily how much thirty five thousand first week gets you back on a major label. And the reason why in hip hop guys we 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 discuss first week numbers so much is because. It's a proven fact that about sixty mm, percent of your overall sales will come from from your first week sales. Period. So that's why we we put so much into first week because that's going to be a big big chunk of who actually ends up listening and buying. So I don't know if Wally's happy or if Slay was happy. I'm just saying I think Wally would be a better a lot off a lot better off independent. And not trying to constantly get the the recognition that it seems like he craves when he keeps signing back to these major labels. Even though it is nice, you know, it is nice to have that major label backing, you know, it's far less money out, out of your pocket. ASAP Rocky stays in the news for some odd reasons. I want to talk about a couple more things before we get out of here, right? So, ASAP Rocky just stays in the news for, like, odd reasons. One week, it's, like, nail art and how he thinks that men should be a part of that, which, if you guys don't know, I, I paint my nails from time to time just because I don't give a F about what you say a man should or should be. I'm going to do what I feel like. I'm going to do what feels good, and that's just kind of how I rock. But, um, but I do understand, like, this man said he's been a sex addict since, like, middle school. And he had his first orgy at, at like 13. Now, granted, at 13, I was definitely doing a little something, so I ain't tripping. But it's like, I I, I, I could not imagine 
having an orgy at 13. Like I would probably pass out just from seeing all those naked bodies at 13. So, hey, I'll probably pass out seeing all naked bodies now. So to think about someone at at 13 being obsessed with sex and and how that affects someone, I just really felt bad for Rocky. Like sex addiction is real. It's a real thing just like anything else is. And I and for me, I I wonder if that if that kind of uh, uh, affects how Rocky sees himself, affects how Rocky puts out music. I just want to know more about how his sex addiction has affected his career because you got to think you're one of the most recognizable rappers in the world. Uh, you can go anywhere pretty much and get any girl that you want. It's not an issue at this point. So how does that interfere with, with, with your career and your timing and, you know, and, and I mean, your mindset, like it's, it's, it's gotta be difficult. So it was really just interesting to hear him sit down and, um and, and talk about being a sex addict. It's a good interview that you guys should go look, look out, look at, excuse me. Last thing I want to talk about before we get about it here this morning, Justin Timberlake. Is Justin Timberlake a culture vulture? I'm going to say yes, and not in a bad way, but he definitely is one. Um, Justin Timberlake knows very well that his main audience is black. He knows that. I'm telling you. Because if you look at everything that that he does, it, it definitely has, even going back to like the 2020 experience, it always has that kind of like soul R&B flavor to it. It's never as white boy as you would think it should be for someone who's a white boy, if I'm being honest. And, you know, he tried to do the the whole man in the man of the woods thing last year, like, like, you know, country ass I guess like back to my roots. And it just, it, 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 it fell short for a lot of people and it didn't do as, as well as he hoped. And for someone who was a legacy act like Justin Timberlake, that's a big slap in the face to put out a project that doesn't do well. So it comes back to his roots, but must we go this far into our, into our black bag? You know, he says, I just want to work with, with new, you know, fresh faces, but I could see him working with an Alec Benjamin or like a live, um, you, you know, but instead you go right for the Lizzo and the SZA and the Meek Mill. Like, like, you know, you make sure to grab the black people that, you know, we will listen to. And I just don't know how I feel about Justin Timberlake always making sure like he comes back with with the, like a black song or like a black kind of song it's it's, it's almost like he he he, he it's, it's almost like he's the male version of Miley Cyrus and we, and, and we just kind of like let it ride and don't really care about like what what happens so I don't know how I feel about it okay I want to hear the the music first but I just have an issue with 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 someone who made such an effort last year to like be in a totally different space than 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 what they always were to all of a sudden like come back to um, to that space and do it so hard and like make it clear that like they're back in that space like are are you back be, be, because you love it or are you back because your other crap didn't work so that so that's our show this week guys thank you for listening thank you for being here
as always, like I say, mental health is wealth. If you don't know, I am your boy, Operate 16. I am a writer. I am an artist. Please, please, please make sure you go follow me on Instagram at Operator underscore 16. Please make sure you go listen to all the music on, on, on all major streaming platforms, Operator 16. Once again, I'll see you guys next week.